This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia, and we are powered by Podmetrics. Podmetrics is a platform we use to get all the data we need for our show, from who listens to us all the way to where they are. Podmetrics takes care of all of that so we can make better content for you. You can even integrate Podmetrics with Facebook and YouTube so you can get more data from your live streams. So, if you're a podcaster or want to start your podcast, go visit podmetrics.co and sign up for free. Use our code DOGBEHINDHUMAN. You know, you wake up, you take naps, you sleep again, and then you just realize that you've just been in bed in, in your pajamas all day. And there's a lot of anger and resentment. Hey guys, you're listening to the Dog Behind the Human podcast with me, your host, Doug Coach Francis. Kumusta kayong lahat? How was your week? Well, it's been very busy on my end. Uh, we have a few dogs in school right now at meron tayong syempre mga issues, mga dog issues that we're trying to fix. Okay, Maybe I can start with that. We're going to be talking about a report muna on... Uh, how are our dogs in school currently? Okay. Well, if you've been following our Instagram pages, Instagram page and also our uh, Facebook page or Instagram account, rather, we have a few dogs and one dog is named King and the other dog is named Homer. And they are both doing well in our program. Pero we have a new student that just recently graduated his name is Saint Andy. Okay, so Saint Andy is a Maltese. He first came in reporting that he was aggress- aggressive. Okay, so I, in fact, when I first met this little dog, this dog was so afraid, this dog would back out and then start yapping. And then whenever I would try to approach, the dog would just try to cover away and would go to his family. And then, um, sabi nila, well, uh, bakit parang ang bait-bait dito, pero dun sa bahay, this dog would actually end up nipping and biting our hands, our uh, shoes. So, the family was generally afraid. And tinanong ko, saan yung kinuha yung name na uh, St. Andy? And then, uh, they, ex- they explained that they got the name after their daughter's university. Merbang St. Andy sa Philippines? No. Okay? Pero it was based on the University of St. Andrews in Scotland. Diba? Social. Alright. So that was really interesting. And sabi ko, okay, is this your first time to have a Malti? Sabi nila, yes. And of course, uh, if you've been watching the show, lagi kong tinatanong is, lagi kong tinatanong is, saan yung nakuha yung dog? Alright? And then I explained to them what's going on. Generally, the family was very attentive. They were really interested and they really want to give the best for their dog. Pero they weren't really sure where to start and how to do it. So, sabi ko, okay, um, I don't think na meron siyang aggression. Which is, again, common to sa mga aso that they tell the dog, okay, they would tag the dog as aggressive. Kahit hindi. Okay. And then, meron din mga dog that they would tag, no, 
My dog doesn't bite. My dog is like the best dog in the world. My dog is a saint. Pero when you actually see the dog, the dog would growl and snarl like a little devil. Okay? Pero in the eyes of their owner, they're the saints. Diba? So it's just kind of weird. Kasi we have our own uh, biases. Diba? Because they're our dogs. They, oh, of course, it's my dog. I should be siding on my dog. Okay? And well, again, going back to St. Andy's, I go, well, the name doesn't really match the personality of the dog right now. Because St. Andy yung pangalan, but the dog wasn't saintly at all. Well, the dog wasn't like devilish-like because it was a Maltese, pure white, really cute, really beautiful dog. And I've trained Maltese's before. They're supposed to be very, very smart. Well, not border collie smart, diba? Pero again, they are smart. They can't have their own little talents, diba? So, well, we went ahead with the consult and then I told him, now, well, I don't think your dog is aggressive. Your dog just needs training. Your dog needs to learn how to play nice with humans and with other dogs. So, Sabiko, what we do recommend is the boarding school program. That's our best program. That's our premium program wherein the dog's going to be staying with us for a minimum of four to five weeks. And then I went ahead and told them, but we do not give guarantees, by the way. Okay? What we can guarantee is your dog will get the best possible education, the best possible care, that we can provide. And our protocols, the way we care for our dogs, doesn't change. In fact, if if it does change, it gets improved on. That's what's happening. And what happened was, okay, we understand. That's why we went to you. I told them, well, thank you for the trust. So tell you what, we'll try our best to train Andy all the necessary, necessary skills he needs to understand. And we'll see how it goes. They agreed to our terms. They understood the risk. They understood that it can be challenging. And we were very honest telling them we do not give guarantees. It's like sending any other kid, a human kid, to school. It will the school will not guarantee that, parang hey, if you finish in our university, you will be successful in life. It's actually uh, sort of like a bet, if uh, if you will. I'm not even really sure if that is the right term to use. Bet. However, the family agreed. First, St. Andy was very scared of dogs. This dog would just cower and run off. Tapos, well, we did what we have to do. We tried to lower the stress levels like what we always do with all the other dogs. And uh, try to manage the interactions of St. Andy. Actually, we just call him Andy. And then, this is the promise that we gave to Andy's family that we will do our best. 
like in any medical operation, there are risks, there are challenges. Actually, if you think about it, in life, there are no guarantees. The same thing that's happening all over the world right now, COVID-19. Even the vaccine is not 100% guaranteed that you'll never get COVID. Even the new drug that's being tested now, which is supposedly a cure or a treatment, okay, which is under scrutiny right now, even if it does work, it doesn't work for everybody. But at least it's there. At least we have some form of treatment. Okay, so I think that's the same thing when it comes to training dogs. And we get asked all the time, is there a guarantee? Because on trainer nato, they were giving us guarantees. Are they doing kayo? Right? It's not that I'm ranting, but what I'm trying to say is. It's a life lesson that we have to understand that there are always risks. Are you willing to take that risk? Are you willing? How much is your risk appetite? And it was really recently that I started to get to learn all about the stock market or go into stock market as an investor is how much is your risk appetite? Well, I don't have that much of a high risk, but I'm not even also afraid to take a little bit of risk. That's why I'm not, I'm not going to day trading. I would probably classify myself as investor. When it comes to training dogs, it's actually a lifestyle. It is a process. And my dear friends, they are not robots that can be easily programmed. We have to learn to live with them. Again. Si Coach, sobrang-sobrang mag-English ngayon for this uh, episode. Why? Ganun ako, pag medyo mind ang ulo ko, napapa-English ako. <laughs> right? Well, anyway, we want to help our students. All of our students, we want to help them. Okay? We care so much for the dog, more than the pet parents, really. If I just wanted to make money, I'll probably just do something else. Because when I first started this business, I remember more than a decade ago, I you know what, let's do this for the dogs. That's our motivating factor. It's really for the dogs. I don't think going into dog training will make somebody rich unless maybe you're you're in cable tv and then you have your content distributed all over the world and your marketing is just super awesome and we try to be true and i will always say this i am not a saint okay and don't believe everything i say always take everything i say with a grain of salt Meron konting palabok in the Filipino term. Diba? Pero we try to be honest as much as possible and we, we will do everything for our students. Of course, hindi namin matutulungan lahat. Okay? 
Anyway, today we're talking about uh, rehabilitation kasi. Okay. We have students here coming in and out. There's always a process. Pero sometimes that process doesn't give guarantees. Pero meron tayong guests for this episode. She goes by the name Maz. And she's very admirable to say na parang uh, she said yes when I asked her to be on the show. Kasi sabi ko, I would like to help you out, express yourself, and then maybe you can also maybe you can also spread awareness. Because right now, until now, 2020, in a few more months, it's 2021. This illness called depression is still taboo. And it's hard to understand. And then... I'm not perfect. Okay, what is it like to really have depression? Because I've spoken to quite a few professionals in this show talking about mental illnesses. Pero do I have depression? I keep asking myself, do I even have my own depression? Pero for somebody who really has it, certified, okay, went to a shrink, went to a professional. No, let's not call them shrink. Let's call them professionals, mental health professionals. And they found out, no, you have depression, and we're sorry that you have that. But oh, here's the thing. Here's what we can do. Here's how we can help you out. And here's how you can help yourself. Okay? So before we introduce our guest for this episode, I'm just going to ask for a really short break para hindi tayo mapagalitan ng ating producer. Really short lang to. There's a countdown. So, here's really short. Hey there! Alex Calier here. Bakit ako nandito? Kasi gusto kong ipalam sa'yo na may podcast din ako. It's called Punchline with Alex Calier. I talk about everything. Serious, happy, sad, pero sa dulo, may punchline or may comedy. Again, it's Punchline with Alex Calieja. Available on Spotify o kung saan ka man kumukuha o naikinig ng podcast. Namumukhaan kita, ilista ko pangalan mo, kaya see you there. Alright, and you are back to the dog behind the human and you're still with me. Alright, so now let me introduce to you our guest for tonight. She is a head of marketing in their company. She was born here, but spent most of her childhood in Australia. And uh, let's welcome to the show, Maz. Hello, Hi. Maz. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hello. Good evening. All right. Thank you so much for being on the show. And... Um, I know right now I'm just I know admiring you for taking courage and talk about this disease, right? So I think this is a disease that is becoming much more common now. I'm not even really sure if it's becoming much more common or people are just starting to be much more aware. Because when I was a kid, if you are suffering uh, certain depressions, I'd be like, get over it, right? parang <laughs> Uh, and then people just don't understand. But uh, Maz, can you please share a few 
things um, about you? Yeah, so um, thanks, Coach. So, yes, I've been, um, you know, I, like as you mentioned, I've, I was born here. I was raised most of my life in, in Australia. I only moved to the Philippines um, to join a startup company. And, um, and I've been here now for, for six years. You know, my family live um, still in Sydney. So my parents who are retired, they travel back and forth, so which is good. Um, you know, I do have some relatives, but you know, I'm a, I'm a workaholic. So I don't really have much time to actually see my relatives. So yeah, so I, you know, my work in, you know, working in a startup company is actually, a big commitment it's a lot of hard work and I've always been you know I, everyone has always mentioned that my my you know my work um, lifestyle is pretty much working seven days a week you know working really late night and when I came home I'd be working you know I, you know I use I'd socialize but work always came first mm, all right well, you just mentioned a lot of stuff about your work and how are you able to cope with it? It sounds like you're super busy. You're such a workaholic. And how are you able to get through day by day? Do you need like special multivitamins just to get through <laughs> your day? <laughs> yeah, or... I, definitely a lot of coffee gets me through. Um, look, I love what I do. Uh, I'm really passionate about what I do and, you know, working with people. Definitely, you know, nothing beats traveling around the world and, um, but, and also, you know, understanding the culture and tradition and doing something that you love, you know, making new friends. I think that's, that's absolutely what, important when, you know, you know, you've got to socialize. I've met a lot of, you know, good friends while I've been here. So, yeah, so that, that, you know, that, that keeps me sane. But other than that, you know, um, I've got my dog and I'll tell you a little bit about that later, later on. Um, and he's definitely helped me heaps. All right. Well, you just mentioned about your work uh, and then about your dog, which is, again, perfect because this show is all about the people and the dogs behind mm. the human. All right. So I would ask you this because... I would say right now in your career, that's something that I would probably say uh, pretty successful. If you ask me, being head of marketing, right? It actually sounds like you're like uh, a really powerful uh, personality or an officer in, in the corporate world. And do people know that you're actually battling your inner demons? I mean, mm. who gets to know about this? I'm sure no one probably talks about it despite the high position that you hold? Yeah, absolutely not. I don't think many of my teams know I am suffering from it. Um, absolutely my boss, definitely my friends. And it's, it's really, I think, you know, working from home has helped kind of, you know, cover that element of being depressed. But there were a few times that I have not been able to come to work. And for someone who is always present, always there for the team and all of a sudden gone for quite a while it, it it was quite a you know a lot of my teams were questioning even a lot of people in the organization so yeah it's it's very you know you mentioned it, it is really hard to explain and people think it is a a mental problem that you can just erase and it's not it takes a lot it takes a lot out of you and it's a lot of work and 
you know, talking to a psychiatrist definitely helps. Um, but you go through so many barriers, definitely a lot of medication to actually figure, to actually try to stay normal. And even today, I, I try to still think, am I normal? You know, and it, it just takes time to actually heal. All right. Well, sounds like I'm not even really sure what to say to somebody who actually has this condition because I've been working with you and your dog. Mm. And if you wouldn't have probably told me, I wouldn't know. Right. So if the, the day that I met you, I would probably just say, well, she's your corporate um, officer. She uh, a successful woman in her own field. So it's sometimes just really probably even grasps the mm. notion that somebody has depression and I would understand that. However, can you educate me? What happens? The first thing you feel is anxiety. I think being in an environment, you know, you could be in the meeting and you start to get heart palpitation. I think particularly now, you know, with the pandemic and working from home is not easy. You know, you do hear a lot around, you know, in the media these days that the whole COVID has caused a lot of work-related stress. And, you know, um, having a big team in a normal scenario, you'd always be in the boardroom with your team. There's a lot of collaboration. There's a lot of brainstorming with your team. And now working from home is actually a a lot harder and you know there's a lot of um, a lot of stress um, comes from that but for me you know I've suffered stress for uh, for many years now um, it has become more severe probably this year and the pandemic hasn't helped but anxiety is probably the first one you get heart palpitation there's moments you can't breathe you start to lose your sleeping patterns you're waking up weird hours of the evening sometimes morning I'm quite active, you know, I love, I, you know, I was always going to the gym at least five times a week. I've joined the Spartan, um, I'm, 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 a, I'm a runner, and since I've, since I've been, you know, suffering from depression, I've lost interest in a lot of activities. I was so thin back then, and I've probably gained 10 to 15 kilos since. So, you know, there's different types of depression, people who lose their appetite there's ones who are stress eating um, i think mm -hmm. stress eater exhaustion even though you're not doing any activities the lack of energy whereby you probably be lying in bed most of the time and it's just so hard to get up out of bed um, you're sleeping constantly you know you wake up you take naps you sleep again and then you just realize that you've just been in bed in, in your pajamas all day and there's a lot of anger and resentment. You know, you do lose your pool a lot, depending who you're talking to. A lot of that actually comes through. And I'm, you know, I think people, even my family has noticed that a lot. All right. Well, how are you able to go through your day? Let's say you're in this episode right now for some reason that you just can't bounce out of and you know that you're having an episode, how are you able to survive your day? I mean, if you're taking any, any medication, what are these medications and how, what's the effect on you? Yeah, look, um, you're definitely, I'm currently on anti-depression um, anti and anti-anxiety. There's been a lot of different trials of different medication, different doses until, until I kind of felt like, 
you know i actually had a bit of energy in me you when you're feeling at your lowest you you know you keep a diary with you um and when you meet your psychiatrist you talk about what are the triggers of me to feel a little bit down that day what happened what was the scenario what kind of emotion state i was in so you, it's really important to keep a journal and then really it's about trying to adjust which medication um, they may change the different medication you're in. Um, I can't believe how many medications I've tried until you actually find the right one. And you're, you know, you will not, you will not start to feel the effect of the medication for probably two to three months. So in between those first two months, I've had to change because there were times the medication was making me groggy to the point that I just slept the entire day. I, you know, there were times where I just cry for no reason. And I've got to immediately report that to my doctor and let her know. And then I'll change to another uh, medication. And I felt like I was back on base one all over again and wait for another month until they could adjust. And finally, I'm in a medication where I feel a little bit more alive. I'm not sleeping where I'm napping too much. I don't have that groggy feeling. My head, I could actually think. And one of the things about depression is that you start to get really foggy, foggy. Your heads are always foggy. You forget, um, you forget people's name, and you cannot think clear. And for my, in my position where you're, where you're dealing with strategies and you're dealing with initiatives and you're leading people, that was quite hard. That's where I felt like, oh my god, you know, for me to start forgetting people's name, for me to actually not be able to articulate some of what I wanted to actually you know um, talk about and I've done a lot of um, public speaking that was that was something for me that was quite scary you know it took away my confidence you know there was a lot of fear right well that sounded super hard just the way you're explaining to me and I'm just trying to put myself in your shoe just by the amount of detail that you just shared, I felt like I was in such a small room. I can just imagine myself feeling being trapped and probably in a closet, clothes all over me. And I, it's so difficult to breathe. I mean, that's how I'm imagining myself right now, just by you sharing this experience. And do you think those medications actually do work? Absolutely. Uh, they're actually life-saving for me. You know, I probably wouldn't say I'm severe as other people. Um, you know, when you're depressed, funny things go through your head. You know, you think about anger, resentment, you lose your confidence. You know, for some people, suicide becomes a thought. And, this, and these drugs do help, right? They start to clear your mind, but it's just that healing process. And, you know, you will never know a person just by looking at them if they have depression. Like, I still have that smile on my face. I'm still, you know, they look at my appearance still the same. It's just the, the inner side of you that's really killing. And people don't see that because when, you know, behind closed doors, you know, um, and you're just crying and or you're in the toilet locked, you know, that's what people don't see. And people start, you know, I think people did realize I wasn't well because I was gone for probably a month or two. And I was just mm -hmm. fortunate enough to have a really understanding manager that I could actually open up and, and talk to. 
and you know she would manage my diary and my schedules she would constantly like um, call me before I checked in for work to see if I was okay check my diary who I was talking to and she would take some of my work and attend some of the meetings because she just didn't want me to go in there too soon and she wanted me to just gradually step in so that was actually really really helpful but absolutely the drugs I mean you've got to stay on this um, medication for quite a while it's not one of those medication that you can just kind of stop taking it you know some people who who have experienced stop taking it they actually hit they go rock bottom so you really have to ease off it for for a while and there's actually process to, to to actually do that i mean the psychiatrist is good to speak to somebody i think the psychiatrist is also good to actually monitor your emotions in order to actually find the right medication for you you know my pa- my parent my family actually didn't know for a while it was very hard wow to tell them given it was already covid and i know my parents they'll do everything to to come and and you know I didn't want to worry them. Um, I remember when they were back home in Australia, I was actually hospitalized, not for depression, but um, uh, it was due to an ulcer. Uh, it was, again, stress. <laughs> and I was hospitalized <laughs> because of that. For And my parents felt so guilty. And I didn't want to put them in that situation again. And I kept it from them for, for, for quite a while. And until it became a little bit obvious um, and I had to tell them and the psychiatrist told me I had to tell them and it was really hard for them to hear that I, I think first they just you think about depression and they immediately think suicide mm-hmm. true and it's like no um, you know I, I was you know for me it was just about you know I, I my I guess my faith in my religion was something I kind of leaned on. I was doing a lot of um, meditation. I read the Bible a lot and I prayed and I prayed and, um, you know, that, that gave me strength. And, and, you know, my parents cannot fly. And I mean, they, they can't fly here because they won't be able to enter the country. So because then they don't have um, a Philippine passport, but we do catch up obviously on, on WhatsApp or Viber, just to see if I'm okay. So for them to see me and you know I'm getting better as day goes by, it, it's a good thing. Awesome. So guys, for our listeners, just learn from from our guest for for this episode, Naz. Um, it's really hard to find out who has depression. So maybe if we could just treat everybody that as if they, um, most of the people that you meet. Um, probably will have depression. Maybe we'll be much more kinder in uh, the way we treat the people around us because you'll probably never know, all right? Even the most famous people, some of the famous people that we know who um, suffered depression like uh, Robin Williams and other celebrities took their own life, right? Because of uh, depression. So the support is very important and we really need to educate the public. Before we proceed, it would be great if you guys also check out the other shows from the network. Hey there, I hope you're all doing well today. My name is Kara, and just dropping by to let you know that I too have my own podcast. It's called After 30 with Kara Erigel. I talk about love, fear, 
relationships, career, sex, food, money, books, and how life is so much different and oddly the same after 30. So when you're done listening to this episode, go ahead and check out mine. Again, it's After 30 with Gara Erigel, available wherever you get your podcasts. See you there! Mads, what would what can you share for anybody who probably is suffering from the same condition? Yeah, look, I think you'll go through denials um, about depression because I think, you know, for me when I was when I was trying to figure out what was wrong with me, I think chronic fatigue came up, and you know, I think immediately you have to see a doctor. You know, I I knew I had to see somebody because funny things was going through my head whereby I was getting more depressed this day each day I was crying I knew something was not right and I just went into um, St. Luke's and saw a GP and then they referred me to first was a neurologist to figure out because I, I was also getting a lot of really bad migraines and I'm caught up with a neurologist first and then she referred me to a psychiatrist um, because of the symptoms of obviously you know, I was feeling down. All of the symptoms I was saying was leading to depression. You definitely have to start seeing a doctor, you know. Um, you really need to get start to take some medication. It, it does help. And you really need to get that proper support. You need to in, inform your family, your friends, because there's nothing more being depressed than being alone. You need to have people there with you. And, you know, even my psychiatrist and particularly during the pandemic where social, you know, social distancing um, came into effect, I could hardly see my friends. But, you know, thank goodness to, to you know, to social media and you've got all of this like Zoom and all of that. You know, I had friends who would call me every day and that's really, really important. All right. Well, I, it's good to know that you're getting all the support that you need and, well, if you also need to talk to me about your dog, Kimchi, which we'll be talking in a few more moments, <laughs> I, I'm going to be here, right? Let's talk about Kimchi. Let's talk about your dog, okay? So just one more thing about uh, your fight with uh, depression. I'm just real curious. Because here in the Philippines, right, it's taboo to go see a psychiatrist. Because if you go mm-hmm. to a psychiatrist, people would say, ayan, baliw kasi yan. So that person's crazy, especially if you live in the province, they're just gonna go around the barrio. Uh, so si Francis, baliw yan. Diba? Papatingin sa, sa, uh, sa ulo, may tama kasing utak. Diba? So it, it's really taboo. And you hear a lot of gossips, right? Uh, just by going to uh, a psychiatrist. Right. So and then they're saying, oh, you can just talk to me. Right. Just talk to me. And then you'll be OK. <laughs> Is that something that you would probably recommend if you probably learn that someone is going through depression? Is that enough or do you really need to go see a professional? Well, I guess everybody will have different point of view. For me, it actually helped to have somebody there to talk about and trying to diagnose what I have. The other thing was about the healing, right? It wasn't going to be an easy 
an easy, you know, journey for me. And the most important part is how do you actually control those emotions, right? And and those were the thing that was that was mainly what the point of the discussion of having a psychiatrist. You know, how do you actually hold yourself in different different circumstances to ensure that you don't actually suffer from anxiety again? You know, you're not actually showing resentment or anger towards people. So, um, and she actually helps lead that. Um, you know, she's actually gave me a few meditation apps that I didn't even know exist. And there's so many meditation apps there and some fail for me. I'm not into yoga and all of that. And then when I told her, you know, like, oh, I'm really into reading Bibles. It's probably the only thing that, you know, that, that I'm, that really keeps me alive at the moment. She's like, well, there's actually an, a meditation app that is all about the Bible. It reads all the verse. You know, you, you do that first thing in the morning when you wake up and, and I thought it was, it was actually really helpful, you know, helped me actually start to meditate and you just don't understand how important it is to, to do that. Right. Wow. So sounds like a lot of work and, uh, well, I think you're doing a wonderful job and just by talking about this, trying to educate other people who gets a chance to listen to your story would probably help us out as well understand what a person who has depression is going through and then probably get to understand even more uh, on what to do, right? The support is very important. Talking about support, there's also one support that you're getting from uh, from another, not <laughs> human, but from another animal who has uh, four feet, a wagging tail, and uh, who drools a lot. <laughs> and uh, this animal is a dog named Kimchi, and Kimchi is a beagle, right? So can you please tell us a little bit about Kimchi? Yeah, so, so Kimchi, um, it's a really interesting story because... I love dogs. I when I was back home in Australia, I would actually rescue a lot of dogs. And you know, when I was you know I was young then, I was probably t- probably thirteen or fourteen to the point that I would rescue six dogs and they would be in my backyard. And it would, you know, my parents would be so furious because they wouldn't know what to do with all of these dogs. They thought it was expensive, and you know, my dad would have to clean all the poop. And you know, one time I just woke up and they were all gone. As so I don't know what my, my what my dad did with it. And I actually had one dog, and you know, I had him for 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 a long time. I think fifteen years when I was back home. And I promised myself when he passed away, I'll never get another dog. And when I came here. You know, and my bosses, you know, were saying, my gosh, you don't have, you know, you either get a boyfriend or you need someone to actually get you out of, you know, um, out of, out of the office because you're on the weekends. I was in the office, you know, and, and I, and I said, no, definitely not interested in a, in a boyfriend. I've been in a very long relationship. So absolutely no. And then my, my, one of my boss was like, well, why don't you get a dog? And I'm like, oh, no, I can't. You know, I, I just can't. You know, I just get so attached. I'm afraid that they'll, when they pass away, I'll get, you know, really sad again. And when I was in, in the province to visit my parents when they were here at the time, we, I went past like a pet store in the province and I saw these two beagle and so malnourished. 
And I just couldn't get him out of my mind. And I told my dad, I said, Dad, you know, um, there's this dog in the pet store. He looks so malnourished. And then he just came home and bought this beagle home one day. One day. He goes, here you go. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know. So not knowing that, you know, I'll have a dog, he, I bought him here. And, you know, kimchi is just beautiful. I, mean, I don't think I'll ever have kids. And he's like a son to me. You know, um, and it it helps and it does help, you know, um, you know, like it doesn't make me want to, it has, it gives me a reason to come home early. It gives me a reason to actually not be in the office on the weekends and for my depression, you know, just being there as like an emotional support. I mean, dogs love you unconditionally. And, you know, one of the things my psychiatrist keeps telling me is to get, to go outside get some exercise and it's still a very difficult um that's still a very difficult process for me but allowing kid to to walk kimchi out you know on his daily walks allows me to get that fresh air so it's a struggle but i'm doing it and yes love him to death that's awesome but again kimchi has been my student and can you share <laughs> Well, Kimchi, though, he is doing a wonderful job supporting you. Kimchi does has his own little issues, doesn't he? Yes, he does. So, you know, people used to tell me that, um, you know, when people are sad or people are sick or depressed, they always they would say, oh, yeah, dogs feel that. You know, they do feel that. And it was really weird. As I was going through this really difficult time over the past couple of months when I was hitting this whole depression before I was seeking help I felt like kimchi was also getting depressed and you know he wasn't as social as he would be he didn't play with dogs anymore he would just he didn't want to go out right so every time my helper would take him outside he would want to come back home to the point that she would have to carry him and take him to the dog park and he'd play, but, you know, he would be like standoffish. And a lot of the dog parents that I hang out with would always notice that and would say, you know, I saw kimchi and he's quite snob, a, a snob these days. He says he got a problem and companies like kids, right? And, um, and I'm like, I don't know. Look, I think he's going through some changes. He got neutered about a year and a half ago. Maybe it's all of that. And I did notice that. And I was actually, at the time, I was thinking of actually relocating. I was thinking of maybe what would it be like for him to actually, like, um, be in a public, like, in a transport. And kimchi does not like traveling. Like, a two-minute to a ten-minute car ride would end up vomiting. And when he used to live in the province, um, before I took him here in, in BGC, that was a three-hour trip, and I thought he was going to die. He was so traumatized. He threw up all the way, and, and I thought, oh, my goodness, if I ever relocate and decide to take him home to Australia one day, that was actually, for me, was causing a lot more stress. And I knew I had to, and I knew I had to do something about it, and that's why I got in contact with you. Right. And, well, to a program wherein we try to let him be a dog and learn to be a dog again that's something that he probably forgot <laughs> didn't really learn how to play with other dogs and again mm -hmm. it could be something that it's a genetic in nature as well but kimchi was really 
like the more quiet beagle students that I've had um, in history, in recent history. Mm. So he was, um, I would say, a special beagle because he was really sweet, but you can really see the beagle in him trying to get out. And that's what we did. And you notice a change in his behavior, right? After going to a few weeks of training. And what are, what were those changes that you noticed? Yeah, so I think when, well, when we, when he, we brought him to you, Kimchi was weighing up to 20 kilos. <laughs> and I met Skit, your own beagle. And I was like, wow, there was a huge difference in the, in the weight and the shape. And I, I knew that, I always knew that Beagle, one of their challenges is weight gain. And so I thought, oh my gosh. And when we got kimchi back, and even while I was visiting them there, I noticed a huge change. And obviously he lost a lot of weight. And as he lost weight, his energy, he had so much more energy when I saw him. You know, um, he's now playing um, with a lot of the dogs. He's you know, he loves to go out now. And, and when I see a lot of my dog friends, they do notice, the first thing that they notice is the change in his, um, you know, um, weight loss. They're like, oh, my God, he's just, he looks amazing. They're wondering what's happened. You know, what food is he on? Is he on medication? Everyone says he's a lot more sociable. He's happy. And, you know, and, and, and that was a great... Uh, it was such a relief. I mean, to see him happy and just like a normal dog, you know, that actually boosts up my self-esteem as well. All right. So the training did help Kimchi overcome some of his challenges on, a, on, on, on his dog world. Then for some reason, when you saw Kimchi showing this much life, the, uh, like what you said, this gave you a boost. Right. Yeah. And kimchi is um, acting what we call a well, if you ask me. Right. So kimchi is a certified therapy dog. Right. I can say that right now because kimchi is doing a lot to help you fight this condition that you have. And what are your thoughts about? Oh, this? my gosh. You know, I think I've. You know, he's he's a blessing. Um, he, you know, he knows when I'm sad, and he just, you know, he he makes everything. I think if I didn't have him, I just don't think there's probably any reason for me to really, you know, it would have been probably a harder, a difficult healing process for me. The fact that he's he's now more energetic, and it helps me actually get out of the house to see him actually start to play with people you know um, and dogs around him you know that that's actually a beautiful thing because it actually made me more depressed seeing him change and not doing anything and you know hearing negative feedback from from the other dog parents that he's a snob that wasn't a that did not make me feel good and I was I felt I felt like I was the one to blame and you know I had all these things in my head about oh yeah they dogs know when you're sad and when you're depressed it's probably why he's like that and to see that I think you know it, it has helped it has helped that healing process you know I just can't imagine him not being with me 
throughout this process. I think it would have been absolutely difficult. It was difficult leaving him there. And I think, you know, uh, you know, I just love the fact that you posted him on social media and seeing him play with the dogs. I, I just like cry and bawl myself, you know. And I think that was that was absolutely beautiful. And to me, that was a, a sign of, you know, things was going to be okay. It's important for him to be good um, and, and be well. And that also helps me heal because he also needs me. Right, right. I, well, he definitely missed you <laughs> uh, <laughs> while he was staying with us. But um, I would probably have to say thank you because you put in the courage to let your dog undergo the uh, five-week program with us. And we knew, <laughs> like most cases that we accept here uh, under our care, it's going to be a challenge every time. Each dog is a challenge. There are no easy case, really. Because, well, a diff- uh, from a regular basis, we have we get a different dog with a different background, with a different set of genetics, different uh, treatment on how they were raised. So there's a lot of factor. And uh, I think one thing that was really important for Kimchi's turnaround was you actually took courage to enroll Kimchi into the program and then trust the program and mm. then this what initiated the change in in kimchi's behavior and now it's actually helping you as well just because you took courage and started to trust people yeah absolutely i think you know my my psychiatrist actually that was something that she had recommended um you know i told her that you know my dog was probably one of the things that was causing me to be a little bit sad because I feel like he's depressed because I'm depressed. So um, I told him about, you know, I was researching for dog trainers in the Philippines, and but I knew you because of Siri. Um, <laughs> I was that on the show and, and I've heard lots of um, good feedback about you. So I did my studies and, you know, um, and while he was um, in the kennel with you, my my psychiatrist actually said, you know, maybe you should let him know that you are going through this. And because it was quite hard for me, particularly the first week, you know, because Kimchi would sleep with me and there was always a routine. Um, and be, him not being there was actually quite hard. But, you know, and she was like, maybe you need to let the, um, the trainer know about your situation. And I was quite embarrassed and I was probably more ashamed to tell you but I thought it was the right thing and you know I um and I actually you know had no regrets you know I mean you were um you were very understanding and I really really um, appreciate that thank you so much for the trust actually uh, when you shared that it's not the first time that I know of somebody who's suffering from this condition uh let me just share this to our followers right now i do have a friend in way back in college that we lost Mm -hmm. uh, depression and he eventually took his own life so it was very sad for everybody um, with my college friends Uh, it's something that we never knew there were just a select few that he told about his condition but uh, I never knew about it, and that was uh, eye-opening for me. And um, it makes me wonder: maybe if I knew, I would probably have done something differently with that uh, with that person. 
So that's why maybe just having this episode talking about this condition will really try to enlighten more people. And again, I have to admire your courage because that took a lot of cuts. And I would also have to congratulate your psychiatrist for um, suggesting suggesting that because that actually added fuel for us to do better with what we do because we understand how important kimchi is. And well, kimchi probably also understood and he decided to just make a complete turnaround. <laughs> he did. He did actually. I, I mean, we're still doing, like I trusted you so much that, you know, um, I wanted you to actually do a, um, a, you know, extended that training, you know, like um, to come to my home and, and, you know, train him a little bit more. And I, it just made me realize just how smart he is. And, and you know, um, you see me and you see the, the awe in my face every time he does new tricks. Uh, my gosh. And, and that just, that just, you know, that helps lift my spirit that, you know, I, I just didn't know that kimchi can do those things. And, it, it, it's so special when you see your dogs do what you do, you know. Um, he, he's so different with you. He has a special connection. <laughs> and, you know, and I mean, the moment you walk to that door, he, he just he just knows. He, he, you know, he, he has this thing where he, he observes people who's nice and who's, who's not so nice. And when he comes through that door, he just knows. He just runs there. <laughs> Right. Well, I, I think that's one thing that we try to do here in school is we try to really bond with our students as much as possible, even if it's not with me or if it's just with, with one of my staff. That's good enough for me. It's important that the dogs learn to trust people and then trust, well, trust in a way that they will start to tolerate our movement, how loud to talk our scent so that's very important and kimchi just passed through it all right so maybe um a few words about pet parents out there um who probably also has depression you'll you'll never know what's your recommendation what can you say about them or any advice that you'd like to share yeah i think you know i think you need to seek help I know it's hard. I would not recommend too much just researching online to figure out what the symptoms are. Get a professional to to do that for you. And you know, a doctor and a psychiatrist will actually diagnose you with the right condition. You know, particularly during the pandemic, um, working from home, you're hearing it more and more. There's a lot of um, work-related stress just, just, just with what's happening with this whole environmental challenge that we're all experiencing. You know, be true and honest in terms of what you feel. Don't even think twice about it. And it's good to actually um, seek that medical help quickly so you can get that right medical advice. You know, keep the people that you love close, including your pets, because, you know, you're going to need them and their support through it all. There you go. Thank you so much, Maz. Well, Maz. Before we end the show, we have what we call a part of the program um, called the Zoomies round. You understand what a Zoomie is? A dog Zoomie? <laughs> yes, you understand that, right? 
So yes. this is a part wherein the dog would just run and run at full yes. speed without much thinking, <laughs> without much thought, and just uh, burst out that wonderful. So we're going to be playing a Zoomies round. So I'm going to be asking you a series of questions, and you have to answer uh, first thing that comes to mind. Okay. All right? So pretty much called in other games, they call it lightning round. But in this show, we call it the Zoomies round. Okay. All right. So I know this is a surprise, but let's go for it. All right. So for the Zoomies round with Maz. All right. You ready? Yep. All right. Let's go. What's the best way to pick up dog poop? Plastic bag. Which feels better when you're picking it up? Warm or cold? Oh cold <laughs> if you were a dog what dog breed are you labrador if your dog could talk do you think he would have an accent <laughs> yes <laughs> what accent british <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite australian phrase or saying g'day g'day um <laughs> All right. Um, choose a million peso or hear kimchi's thoughts for one minute. Kimchi's thoughts. What if it's a million dollar? Kimchi's thoughts. <laughs> okay. If you could give kimchi something, whether real or imaginary, what would it be? Treats. <laughs> Treats? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, and lastly, Mads, who is the dog behind the human for Mads? Who's the dog behind the human for Mads? Kimchi? <laughs> Kimchi. There you go. <laughs> All right. Wonderful. Well played. Thank you so much. Thanks. Uh, All right. I hope you love that little game of ours. Oh, <laughs> That was so scary. All right. So, um, you know what? When I play this game, I'm not even really sure if I've shared it in this podcast already. But let me just share it with you. When I play this game, uh, a million peso or hear my dog's thoughts for uh, a minute. I chose uh, a million peso. But when it comes to a million dollars, I said, million dollars. <laughs> Anyway, that's because I was thinking there's so much dogs that I can help with a million dollars and I would probably sacrifice hearing what my dog is thinking. But anyway, that's just me. Well played. Congratulations, Mads. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's very enlightening. I love from your story and wait to go back into training with Kimchi very soon. Thank you, Coach. For me, a house or an apartment becomes a home when you add one set of four legs, a happy tail, and that indescribable measure of love that we call a dog. Roger Karras And that's it for today's episode. Please, don't forget to follow us on our social media pages like Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Just search for Dog Coach Francis on those three platforms. 
Aside from Spotify, you can also catch The Dog Behind the Human on other audio streaming platforms like Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Again, this has been your host, Dog Coach Francis, and like I always say, keep healthy, keep safe, and don't forget to pet your dog. <laughs>